0: challenge i think um you do have to sort of accept the sacrifice one of the biggest mistakes which every agency falls into at the early stages i'm sure we all have that was a challenge i think um you do have to sort of accept the sacrifice there's a reason mark zuckerberg has a mortgage because he could use that money better and grow it quicker
1: on today's Engaging Marketeer Podcast, I am speaking with a very inspirational guy. Uh, his name's Carl Hewitt, and he started a digital marketing agency at the age of wait for it, 17. Seventeen. When I was 17, I was probably mucking about in a bowling alley and playing laser tag. But Carl was starting a business uh, with his business partner, which he has now grown. So there's a big team. They do marketing for some very, very established businesses, including uh, the University of Portsmouth. So this is a great interview. He's a really inspiring guy. What he's achieved in in such a a young age is extremely infuriating uh, for a man of my advanced years. But you gotta love him. He's brilliant. I believe you. You started a company ridiculously early. You thought, you know, I'm not going to go out and get a job. I'm not going to go out and, and and work for someone else. You thought, hell with it. Was it 17? Wasn't it?
0: Yeah, I think it must have been. Yeah, something. What 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 possessed you to do that? Because most
1: people don't follow that path.
0: Do you know, it was it was one of those things. So the I've always kind of been interested in it and loved that idea of making something and progressing with something and having just a, a big project that's constantly moving and you could do stuff too and, and make better. Um, yeah. So I always enjoyed that kind of stuff at school. I remember I, one of my very first think, sort of attempts at the business was customizing friend controllers and things like that for their games console. <laughs> so they would yeah. like, they'd see online as a, a gold one with camo or something they wanted. And I had learned how to take them apart, spray paint them and put them back together. And yeah sort of sell these designs and stuff so it kind of started from there I've always been interested in it and then the first proper business I set up the reason I set up the only reason I set up was my mum's always wanted to go to Rome and I thought well I don't have any money so I'm going to Rome how do you get money you start a business so I'll try that and uh, it kind of went from there really and and snowballed to where we are today Um, but yeah
1: so so the inspiration basically the spark was that you wanted to pay for your mum to go to Rome
0: yeah, pretty much. That was it, yeah.
1: Well, well most people, you know, they want to buy a, buy a car or they want to buy a house or they want to buy a, a games console. But are you taking your mum to Rome? And, and did your mum get to Rome is the important question.
0: Well, this is it. We're, we are going in April, I believe. Um, ah. So it's booked, paid for, we're ready to go. We'll we'll go uh, this year, so that'll be that'll be good. I got lazy, you know. It was one of those where we worked at it, the company for a while and I just was like, oh, I haven't got time. I need to find time to do this and thought no do you know
1: what i just need to book it so do you know you 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 say you got lazy you got you got busy i think it's probably more more what it was because it's quite common that people set goals like that um but they don't actually stop once they've achieved that they can do them and obviously you've been in a position that you could do it for a while you don't stop and celebrate it
0: i think that's so true yeah i I mean yourself was running an agency i'm sure you're know, you doing an incredible piece of work for a client. You know, I've seen the work that you guys do, and and you get to that stage, you're like, okay, great, that's the norm, next one. And you kind of leave it, and you don't stop to mm-hmm. think, well, we won that client. We did it with our expertise. We spent years developing. We delivered it to a really mm-hmm. outstanding level of service. The client loves it. They're making more money. There's so many wins to celebrate there. Mm-hmm. And I think you're spot on. It's um, Once you've done it a few times, it becomes a norm. You don't stop and, and celebrate it. And actually, one of our... Um, team members Charlie account manager and he's very hot on that now he came in and one of the first things he said was that you guys just don't celebrate the wins and um because <laughs> yeah, Reese and I will sit there and we'll go oh we've got a new client okay cool get to work on it and then kind of carry on yeah. and uh he's trying to put a dot for that so I think you're spot on with that
1: yeah because if, if you keep doing like that eventually you're going to face burnout because you're just yeah. moving on moving on moving on moving on and the back of your mind it's like why am I doing this
0: yeah. I think not, that's very yeah. common.
1: Yeah. So what so you started the business. Is this the business you started at seventeen? Is that the same business you're doing now? Or is that a different one?
0: It is the same, yeah. So when we started at seventeen, uh Reese and myself we were both at college and Reese is my co director. He was a self taught developer and so he was kind of um he'd built this forum for developers, a little bit like to explain kind of like GitHub really, but also mm. like a, a forum. So Kind of a mix of the two, where you could ask questions, share code, and solve these issues together and support each other. I was teaching small businesses social media workshops in another attempt to try and raise some cash for this this holiday, and we thought we'll go down that route. Um, and we kind of came together and thought, well, well I'm, I'm really love my marketing, and Reese actually had a marketing related job at the time while at college, and uh, and he was an exceptional web developer. So we thought let's give it a go and and see what we can do. So. That was called Digital Dinos when we first started that up. It's Digital Dinosaur kind of a take, <laughs> and uh, and we rebranded in May a few years ago to, to Hugh and Matthews.
1: Was that? Um, were you going for the juxtaposition of the digital and the dinosaurs being old, or, or, or are you just a big dinosaur fan?
0: Yeah, you know me. I'm like a, I'm a like Ross from Friends, just obsessed. With, no, it was uh, it was because a client was on the phone to us, and he's uh, he's been in the navy, and he was just like a really sort of old school guy and he just said on the phone said, I'm really sorry with this I'm a real like digital dinosaur with technology and you know I know I'm here and it's around me and I need to use it but I'm just not equipped for this so I need some support and because that's quite a funny phrase I quite like that it's a bit different mm-hmm. and the branding was bright green as a result of that kind of Jurassic green yeah. um, and so yeah we went down that route with it and, and stuck with that for a, a good few years
1: who doesn't love a dinosaur? Who doesn't? And it, 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 it's weird. Somebody as young as you making a Friends reference as well.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I'm 25 now, but <laughs> it's uh, a great program. Regardless, I think it will be yeah. making Friends references for hundreds of years
1: to come. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it, it's always on somewhere on TV. It's like Baywatch. It's always on some channel at some point. <laughs> um, so when when you're starting a business that young. I presume people around you in university and, and friends you've got from when you were growing up weren't starting businesses themselves.
0: No, no, and that was that was a challenge. I think um, you do have to sort of accept the sacrifice between because you you, you have very different lives um, after that point, and it is a, is a big yeah step aside. I think from the path mm. everyone else is on.
1: So what what sort of attitude did they have towards you because I, I know from my experience that most people i grew up with aren't running their own businesses they are employed in some capacity and i've even had it from my family that you know why are you doing that well why, why don't you just get a job it's safer uh, how's it been like from people that you you went to uni with and people you grew up with what was the response like to you essentially taking the risk of starting a business yourself
0: yeah i think it's and it's a good question because i think it's changed so rapidly as well that that view that people have on starting a business young because of social media, it for, for better or worse. It's a lot more accepted now because of the rise of this, as much as I hate the hashtag hustle and grind rubbish that we have coming out there front and center. The side hustle. Lot of that, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of these people say, oh, I wake up at four thirty in the morning and run 60 miles and then all this rubbish. It, it's, it's more accepted and more encouraged to start your own thing and be kind mm. of the the decider yourself as to what you want to do. And but when we first started, it, it wasn't really that it was kind of just bubbling. And it was a, the attitude was kind of like, it was interesting. It was cool because not a lot of people were doing it, but it was still kind of not the, the beaten path that many people went down at our age. And, um, I think that through uni, um, you know the people I met there I only went to uni for about six months I dropped out to, to run the agency after I started to, to really start grow. I was
1: I was going to ask that question actually I, I suspected that might be the case.
0: Yeah so I got into uh, University of Southampton somehow um, with okay grades and, and I went to study business entrepreneurship and after about six months I thought well the agency's growing we're hiring people and you can't have your manager say oh well you go to that meeting and I'm going to go to my lecture so I thought I need to do something here mm. and yeah and dropped out and it was um for me the best decision i've made i learned and i don't know about yourself we're in this kind of industry i think a lot of people are the same but i learned by doing and seeing yeah. it and talking to people and implementing stuff rather than it's a textbook and someone talking at you mm. um so it made a big difference for me but but you know the people i met there their attitudes they're all really supportive i don't think any of them have kind of said i wouldn't do that that's not a good idea um I think everyone's doing their own thing and they're not quite accepting of that. So that's been really nice. And my other half, for, for sure, has been uh, very accepting of that. We we met before we started the company. So she's been, uh, yeah, she's seen mm. it the whole way through and gives me a lot of leeway, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, you need that, don't you, when you're, you're doing business yourself because it's not nine to five.
0: Yeah, this is it. You know, she, she knows as soon as the alarm goes off, I'll, I'm on the emails checking to see if anything's happened and then training to work as soon as I can and and I'll be there for a while and our events and things for networking and and she's she gets it she's fond of it she encourages it and I think is um is happy that that I'm happy it's going well and and vice versa with her role in her job so kind of uh need that support then one
1: one thing I wanted to ask you because I I didn't drop out of university but I kind of wish that I did
0: oh interesting it's not usually that way around it's not is it no no it's not that way
1: around the reason being, and I've mentioned this on podcasts before, I did film and photography and animation at university. And I did it, graduated in 1997, 98, I think it was. And we basically learned how to do tape-to-tape editing for video. And we learned how to use dark rooms for photography. And literally the week we graduated and left, they were taking all the tape machines out, carting in the digital editing Avid suites. So everything from a technical standpoint that we'd learnt was useless. Every skill that we had was useless. Yeah, the theory was there and the camera operating was there, but everything else was different. Um, So I kind of wish I'd just ditched that and started earlier. And my nephew, who... I say my nephew, people think, oh, he's young. He's only about four years younger than me because my sisters are very old. Uh, Very, very old. (laughs) Heather, if you're listening to this, you're ancient. Um, My nephew dropped out of university, I think, in the second year as well to start a business. And he sold a business recently, um, a couple of years ago, for a couple of million, I think it was. He's now in Chicago doing something similar. So there's certain levels of people that think, you know, university, it's great, but... I need to be doing something else. It's not for me. And I was wondering what your university was like in terms of the stuff it was teaching you. Was it relevant to what you needed to do or was it a little bit behind, as I suspect it might be?
0: Yeah, I, I think that is the reason, for me, it, I think that's a great analogy of it, isn't it, is that, that transition from from kind of um, the, the old style of photography to moving through to digital to where we are now and seeing those being carted out and, I was actually listening to that podcast where you talked about your um, sort of stuff on the house, taking a great picture. And congrats on 50, by the way. That's oh, great to 50 episodes. Amazing so you, work.
1: you said that for a second, and I thought, I'm only 46.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> You've lost four years. COVID <laughs> flew by. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm going to get my years
0: back, surely, at uh, Logan's Run reference. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that. <laughs> need to watch it. Um, yeah, no, it was um, kind of with, with our university and what they were teaching us. I'm a big believer that if you can put it in a textbook, that's got to take a few years. And then you learn to teach it, and then you deliver it. Then you have four years learning from the book that's been written. Then you graduate, go to apply it in a job. You're probably 10 10 years down the line since it was first researched and written. So you've got all these people working on business models and and theories that were written 10 years ago, and some of them 100% will be sound. But business is one of those industries where one of those areas of the world that's never going to be the same. Um, There's fundamentals, of course, but there's things moving and changing all the time. And if you want to be a doctor or a lawyer or, you know, an astrophysicist where it's the laws of physics, it is always going to be the same, then absolutely, you know, university is fantastic because you can go through that kind of ones and zeros. This is true. This is false. How do you apply it? But with business, it's a lot more subjective and malleable over time that it won't be the same when you graduate and the types of things we were learning fortunately some of it was with things like accounting and double entry bookkeeping which although I've never used it since it's still true (laughs) Um, but then there were other things that were a little bit more subjective which I felt weren't so relevant to me and what I was trying to do and where I wanted to go I think Mm. a lot of it was learning to learn and exposure to different areas of what business can be rather than trying to give you a a life playbook
1: to go by, and that's kind of what I wanted to start to develop myself. Yeah. As as Scotty says, you can change the laws of physics. Um, <laughs> what interesting about the, the the was it a business degree you were doing? I was doing
0: business entrepreneurship. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so it was kind what? of a fluffier version.
1: <laughs> was it actually entrepreneurship? Because two of my kids have done business at college. And I thought it was a good idea for them to do it because it, you know, it gives them a grounding in how business works. But they both quit it very, very early on. I mean, within a month. And they told me how bad it was. And I, and I thought they were just having a bit of a whinge. But that, they showed me the stuff they were doing. And it wasn't business at all. It was essentially everybody on this course was being taught to get a job. So they were learning how to do interviews, how to do customer service, how to do shopkeeping roles. It was basically let's put you into an element of society where you were going to be in servitude, and we're going to show you how to do that, and we're going to call it business, but it wasn't
0: irritating yeah. me and i I think that's very apt as a i think it's very accurate as a view on on the courses in general by and large, you know a lot of the people that I was on courses with our now consultants for the big four or um, you know, in those kinds of roles and that's what they've been trained up to do, um, I think the most valuable part of that course would have been things like the placement year for me, because then it's actually in industry and you do see the inner workings of a company. But I think not a placement year, somewhere huge, somewhere that's growing, moving quickly, innovating, it's agile, you know, all the buzzwords that you want, but is doing some cool stuff, rather than somewhere huge. Because then, they say, you end back up in that place where you're just being taught to get a job later, and being taught to think this way because that's what the big businesses want you to do, and that's perceived where the value is. So that's what you're going to learn. Because then the union can say, "Well, our graduates on average earn this much money when they graduate," and it's like, "Well, yeah," because that's what you've trained them up for the whole time. Yeah. There's no they could earn six times that, but fewer of them would probably do it if you gave them different choices. And it's it's uh, yeah, it's a bit of an interesting one as to where you sit. Because at the end of the day, it's a business. at the university It's not meant to make profit really, but it is a business. They need people through the door, and they also need to put them into jobs afterwards to make the stats look good. So there is that. to Keep in mind, but I think what you said is is fine.
1: Yeah, it, it it really pisses me off because people go there thinking that they're going to learn how to basically run an empire start their own own business but they're not they're being placed in shit and it's it's kind of false advertising for me it 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 comes back as well to people have these rants all the time about school not teaching you skills that are useful in life you know they teach you pythagoras theorem which you will never ever need outside of school but they don't teach you how to leverage debt they teach you Mm. that debt is bad don't use a credit card uh but not all debt is bad It needs to be done in the right way. And it's just kids are coming out with absolutely no idea how the world works. They end up then getting a job, they go into servitude, they pay their credit cards and their taxes on time, and and, and then they get old and they die. And there's just not people being shown, look what's actually possible. If you've got the get up and go to do it, look what's actually possible. And it takes people like you to go, you know, I'm leaving this university. I'm being taught stuff that isn't useful to me. I'm going to go and start my own business and do it myself. And there, just, there just aren't enough people with. I want, I want to say the balls, the the bravery, the the I don't care what happens. It's 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 going to work to actually do that. And it, it,
0: I don't know. I'm, I'm having a rant. There we go. No, I appreciate it. it's very kind of you to say it as well. So, so thank you. But it's uh, you know it is one of those things as well. The position we were in at that age. There's a level of kind of the opportunity that you have and the opportunity cost is so much lower than trying to do this in your 30s, for example, because you have mm-hmm. no dependents, no mortgage. no. Yeah. If it goes wrong, mum still pays the food bill and, and puts a roof over your head at 17 for most people. And that's mm-hmm. great. And so it's kind of like, well, nothing's going to change too drastically for me if I really balls this up. So what is there to lose? Um and I think that is a, another really key factor in that we kind of thought, well, and to be honest, we do still carry that through today. We're like, well, if it goes wrong, it goes wrong. You can learn something from it. So mm-hmm. it's it's keeping that mindset, I think, throughout it to say, well, you've got to do these things. But from your your point there about leveraging debt and, and tax efficiency or all this kind of stuff, how to pay bills, I mean, everyone always uses that as an example, but I learned – Sort of the, the periodic table in order of volatility of these metals. Before I learn what <laughs> tax is about and how you can sort of optimize that or pay a bill or you say leverage debt, like, there's a reason Mark Zuckerberg has a mortgage because he could use that money better and grow it quicker than yeah. than just buying a house up front. But no one explains the concept yeah. of well, the debt's this percent. If you think you can, you know, and it's crazy.
1: It is. It, yeah. Whenever somebody. They're like playing the lottery or they're on a game show. or It's like, what are you going to do with the money if you win? Oh, I'm going to pay off my mortgage. That's a stupid idea. Or I'm yeah. going to go on holiday or I'm going to buy a camper van. Really? And then it's going to be gone. Or they'll say something really stupid. I'm going to pay off my student debt. No! Don't pay off your student debt. What are you crazy? You get people... Oh, Martin Lewis has had this rant before where you'll get parents who, who've got kids who are just about to go to university, and they say, oh, I want to. I don't want them to have any student debt. I want to pay for it all myself, and I'll take out a loan for it. You absolute clown. You are taking on a much higher rate of debt than your student. That's the best deal they're ever going to get. Let them rack up as much as they want, because if they never earn that much, they'll never pay it off. It, it, yeah, it angers me. It, it, so it does anger yeah, it does anger me. Um, when, obviously, I started Engage Web, it was 2009. I'd worked for other agencies before. I'd been the web designer for game. I had a, a long history of, of work and sort of accomplishments that I, I could show people and go, look, I've done this. What's it like at 17? How are you getting across the credibility to show potential clients that you can actually do what they want you to do?
0: Yeah, that's that was the big challenge. And um, it's, it's cool that I think, yeah, picked up on that because that's a really good point where we had nothing to start with. We didn't have a, a case study. We didn't have a network. I mean, my network was my mates studying their A-levels, you know. I mean, they're going to be pretty useless to me. And then we had no experience. And it was it was really hard. And you had to find people who were willing to take a punt on you. And take a risk because it was a risk at that point. And, you know, they had to say, well, I'm willing to support these guys, kind of do my, my bit, see how it goes. And for us, that meant everything. And so we put everything into it and say, look, because we started with organic social media packages from like £25 a month to £75 a month and your silver package in between. And it's like not a huge amount of money, but it's money still. And, that was our foundation to then say, well, look, this is what we did for X, Y, Z company, Bortsmouth. we can do it for you for 250 a month and kind of see how that went and then do that and then you just start to grow it out and it was just finding those people to really help us and there's such a, or well, for me, there was this pre-judgment of the world of business to say, well, everyone's gonna be really intimidating and scary, they're gonna tell me where to go, I don't know what I'm doing, I'm gonna get found out And you realize pretty quickly, everyone's actually quite nice. They're all people. They all go home to a family and and have a a nice time. They've all laughed at some point in their life. They're not that scary. (laughs) Um, And then the second thing is most people don't know what they're doing, but they're all working to be better every day as well. So it's not just you. You know, the the people that are are stale and aren't actually trying to get better are probably the ones you want to steer away from. And it's such an accepting world of people that want to help. And that was such an eye-opener for me. You know, the... At the time, the International Director at the University of Portsmouth, Bobby Mehta, he's now, I think, Pro Vice Chancellor. He was incredible. He gave us an opportunity to work with the University of Portsmouth, who is still a client today, years and years later. And that opened the door to opportunities in the higher ed sector we could never have dreamed of. We've won awards for campaigns in, and Mm. and the people we've met from it delivered talks about the work we've done with the times. and, And that's all just because... Bobby, one day said, oh, go on, let's just let them run a campaign and see how they do. <laughs> it's local boys. And it was it's brilliant. So, it's, yeah, it was hard as a, as a ramble, but those are the kind of people that we had to really hone in on and find, I think.
1: So so even though you left university without finishing, they still were happy for you to come in and do do work with them?
0: Well, luckily, this was the University of Portsmouth. We have Oh, you were at
1: Southampton, right.
0: Yes, but we have now signed University of Southampton on another piece of work. So that's... <laughs> So that has happened. <laughs> That's good anyway, a little bit of full circle. Do you but, have to keep uh, your head yeah. down
1: on that one and go, yeah, it's not me. It's...
0: Yeah, and I have to say, it was a great time I had at the uni. I really valued it. <laughs> but um, no, they're really good guys there and, and universities are a great place to work but the red tape is kind of, I think, the issue, the, the slowness of getting things through. we found it's been a bit of a struggle at times, mm. as I'm sure you can imagine. So we yeah. are doing less in that space cause I think... There's so much you can do, but until the governance is sorted, it's going to be a bit of a challenge.
1: Yeah, you'll find that the more decision makers there are on a project, the slower it is to get anything through. Uh, Charities are a big one where they've usually got a board of 10 or 12 people and they've all got to have their input into what you're doing before anything is approved.
0: Yeah, yeah, we've had that before. That's a very good point. You have like the trustees and the the board of directors and and everybody's got to, Look over it twice and sign it off ten times before you're allowed to spend a penny and mm. you know I think that's that's to do with picking your battle sometimes you know some projects we've done in the in the charity space we've just been nominated for the UK dev awards for a site we did there, actually which is really cool cool I'm hoping that that um that obviously wins for the, for the dev guys because I feel like I don't know about you but the dev guys never really get the recognition in the, in the awards for these cool campaigns if we made a million pounds a day or they just kind of go yeah, that's a great website and move on. So I really hope you win that. But yeah, charities and, and unis and, and a few other industries for governance mm. is often the issue. So you've got to pick the project.
1: How, how are you finding with, with, with pricing? Because this is something we found out very early on, that when you're just starting, you often price yourself quite cheap to win a client, because you want to get the credibility, you want to get the case studies, you want to get the, the testimonials. And then as you go on, you sort of increase prices to get to bigger and, and more established businesses. But this is a conversation I see on LinkedIn constantly, and on Twitter constantly. And very, only yesterday I saw it as well. Somebody posted a, a conversation they'd had, £250 a month client emails oh, i think we need to have a discovery call i think we need to have a chat about this i'm really not sure can we get can we jump on a zoom and talk about this two thousand pound a month client yeah let's just crack on i'll send you a text
0: yeah
1: <laughs> the, the cheaper clients are the most <laughs> difficult i wonder whether you found that
0: uh, it's yeah 100 and there's a great guy on <clears throat> i don't use tiktok personally but i've seen him on linkedin You post it onto there and uh, it's basically agency memes like that. And he's got that thing of, is <laughs> one of them that is it's very similar. It's kind of like the £100 a month client of, I think we need to deploy this budget really carefully. And I think if you can do us a good price here, we're, we're looking for a long-term relationship so we can grow mm-hmm. out later and you'll grow with us. And I just want to check in maybe five minutes every day in the morning just to see how it, and then it's like the 50 grand a month client. He goes, right, I've got a, a spin class to get to, spend the money, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. it's like so good and you think that's so true yeah. and it's I think usually if you've amassed that amount of money to spend on your marketing it's because you understand the value of specialist delegation and not micromanaging whereas mm. you know the people that don't have that cash there's probably a reason and those might be some of them and as you say with pricing it's, it's a difficult one isn't it because you've got to kind of start to ratchet yourself up slowly or at least we did I think a lot of people if they've got the pedigree you had, obviously with, with game, I think that's a great backing to what, you know, as a are at game. Mm-hmm. So therefore my expertise are already really valuable. Whereas we had to kind of ratchet this up and say that we don't have a pedigree, but we know that we're good. So we're going to have to prove that first. Mm. And, uh, that is still going. You get, hopefully contract values each year, stepping up and up and up and, um, the value that you can put into projects. But the biggest thing we, we would sort of show is if someone tries to haggle, and wants a better price, but you think you've priced fairly, you've not been that guy who's coming in at a massive margin just because you like some extra money. If you think you've got a fair price, you just take out bits of value. And you say, all right, fine. Well, we, we can't do your keyword research, for example, or I won't be able to help you with planning your, your site map. You're going to have to let me know what you want because that saves mm-hmm. half a day or whatever it is. And then they start to think, oh, actually it is worth all the money adds up. So can't need to pay for all a bit.
1: Yeah. Do you know what what you've just said there is is a lesson people usually learn a lot later in life <laughs> i don't know if you watch the do you watch the apprentice i don't
0: actually no got, i should
1: do you you should because there's everything they do don't do it there was one where a couple of weeks ago they were selling tickets to a tour and they said something like the tickets are 150 pounds each and then the guy went oh i'm i'm not paying that's too expensive and they went how about 80 pounds you think That is exactly how you do not negotiate on price. Because effectively what you've just told that person is, I was going to make an extra 70 quid profit out of you. I can drop it to this and still make profit, so I'm ripping you off. But exactly Mm. what you've just said there, if somebody comes to you and says, right, I like it, but I can't afford that, can we do it for less? You don't drop the price, you take stuff out to reduce the value of it. So then they understand that's why it's that price. And if you want all of this in it, then that's what it's going to cost. But if you genuinely have a lower budget, we can take this out, we can take this out. Nine times out of ten, they'll go, do you know what? I see the value of that. Let's keep it in and we'll do it for that. But there's so many people who go, all right, then I'll drop it by 50 quid or I'll drop it by 100 quid a month. And it just makes you out as though you're a scammer and desperate for the sale.
0: 100%. And I don't know how you found it at the moment on on social media, but certainly for me on Instagram at the minute, I'm getting these ads for like these clothing brands you've never heard of Mm. with 90% off sale. And you're like, okay, so what you've done is you've just been (laughs) scamming people all year and trying to get a great bit of profit at Christmas. And now you just need to offload this stock that you couldn't shift for the base cost that you bought it for. That's Mm. what's happening here um, or even below. And you just kind of think, well, I might get it now because I know that it's the cheapest I can get it. But also I'm never going to buy from you again because – I know I'm just handing over all my cash for something that clearly doesn't cost anything and no quality to it. And it's, it's exactly as you say that ticket clearly wasn't worth 150 pounds. Otherwise it'd have been like, okay, well we've got other tickets that are further back and in worse view, but you still get to go. Those are 80 pounds but the front row. One's 150 make your choice. And that's that thing where people say about give people three options because yeah, they might genuinely have a lower budget. So at least you've got that option one that covers their base and, will achieve what they want mm. but you kind of have to put more in yourself etc and then you give them the the two other packages getting right up to the the bells and whistles and it's it's one of those things that like you say we did learn it fairly fairly late on in the journey where we were just sort of saying this is the price and then they go no <laughs> and we go okay what about this price and it was this weird back and forth yeah and uh it's definitely changed the way we negotiate as you say it's been a big game changer
1: Mm, yeah. It, it gives you more confidence in, in what you're selling. It gives them more confidence in what they're buying as well. Um, one, one thing I want to talk about, obviously, because there's, there's a big difference between having a job, doing the work yourself, and starting an agency, and employing people. How did you approach the first person you you hired? How did you come to the the realization you needed them? How did you identify what role it was going to be? And how smooth was the process?
0: Yeah. So absolutely. People, we got told early on by another, again, guy who owned this huge group of of car dealerships in in the the area. And he just kind of said, yeah, come and have a chat with me. Fine. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about business. So let us into his office. We went and had a chat with him, these two 12 year old looking lads who started an agency. And he said to us, people are going to be your biggest problem. You don't know it yet, but they'll be your biggest headache, your biggest sort of time uh, consumer. And he was so right. And, Our first hire was really quite nice, actually. It was a really nice in between because it was my best friend at school, and his name's Joe Lee, and he's a. That's always risky. That's always risky. It is. It was. It was a risk, but we were so young at the time. Working this really cool project. I don't think we'd got into that mindset yet of Mm. like professional and personal. We just had this cool project we wanted to get on, and um, he was a professional footballer. Played for for Yeovil in the FA Cup and all this cool stuff, and now is a as a coach. But between all this training and his, he come and work for us part time, and he was helping us with marketing, kind of in general. We hadn't specced out the role; it was a real messy grey area. But he was so bought in and so invested; it was brilliant and really helped us to sort of motor on. But I think our first proper hire was an apprentice, and again, that was a process that was not smooth at all. We were awful with management. We didn't know what we were doing, but we needed someone to help us because we had too much work. Um, And it it was one of those where you just learn so much from that process and then every hire gets better and better. And and now that the team we've got in place, I think we're so lucky. The guys are incredible. They're really, really great. And the journey that we're going on and the thing that I've learned is is getting people invested in your plan and your goal and their role within that and -hmm. letting them... Be autonomous in achieving the end goal of, of, of their job, but making sure they know why they're there and, and why they come into work in the morning because they're helping us to achieve this thing that is going to benefit everyone and, and push us along. And that's kind of the overarching thing every day is: well, how can we make it clearer that everybody is so valued in this process and is really useful and important because that's what we all want. We all want to feel useful in life. I feel like that's the, yeah. the gist, isn't it? And so. If you can give them that in their work, that's that's massive, and it took us a few years to figure that out as well. But that's certainly how we view it at the moment.
1: So, to how easy was it for you to to hand over work that you were doing to someone else and stand back and, and let them get on with it?
0: That's that's the thing. So for me, I'm just doing that now for the first time, interestingly, because what we did with the company was we met um, these, these two guys who are incredible entrepreneurs and round to the biggest businesses in their sector and sold them and grown others and and they said to us look what do you and and your business partner reese what do you do in the company we are kind of a bit of everything and you sort of split that your job is going to be sales and marketing and new business and and growing the company from from that view your job's going to be operational delivery growing the client accounts client satisfaction and sort of coo ceo roles and that's how that came about and so i sort of Right. Well, I'll go and do that, and I'll go and find the new business and and the the outward-facing work, if you like. And then Reese took on the operational management, and all of our hires until the the back end of last year have been operational. So it's been me going and winning the new business, and then the team delivers it. And I I sort of go, right, here's the new project. I'm off to find the next one. And so Reese is so much further ahead than me in management and how that works and the skills that involved in that because he's done it for longer and i've just now had the first person join my side of the team and i'm really enjoying it and i'm realizing now how useful that is to not have just everything in your own head and all these Mm. tiny jobs and but it is a learning curve and i'm still not great at it you know I'm, i'm working at sort of time management what do i need to delegate when not trying to be involved in stuff i never want to be the micromanager but at the same time you do want to check things that's coming out and it's a, a real balance. I think. I imagine you've had the
1: same with your company and, and your team, but... Yeah, it, it, do you know, I'm, I'm really glad that you, you met those guys and you had that advice because the reason so many agencies fail is that they'll go into business and there'll be two people and they'll have very similar skills. Maybe they're both web designers or they're both graphic designers or they're both coders and neither of them will have any operations skill. Neither of them will have any management skill. Neither of them will have any sales ability. And they'll both try and do the same things because they like doing the same things and they'll stay in the comfort zone. And if you have that, you're missing something massive within the business, which is going to mean it's going to fail. I've seen it time and time again where two people who are brilliant at what they do start a business together and it just crashes and burns inside the first two years. You need somebody, if you're starting a business with a business partner, who has complementary skills to you. Somebody who can be, a uh, horrible phrase, the yin to your yang. I hate that. But somebody who effectively can do the things that you can't do and you can do the things that they can't do because that's what makes a successful business. Not two nerds or two graphic designers, two people who don't like to talk to each other and just like to stare at a computer screen all day long and, and never actually get out. That doesn't work. So with, with your business then, if you've got a team building up on the, on the other side of it, I'm always going to ask this question for people starting agencies. How much has actually been processed and systemized within the business or is it very much new project comes in, right, how are we going to do this?
0: Yeah, and that's something you're you're, you're absolutely right with. That's worth asking every agency because that's where you need to get to. And I think that comes with a few things. And we have, I say we, Reese has really streamlined and and, what would be the word kind of, officialized <laughs> processes that we've got and um, and put pen to paper and said, right, this is what we do. And we've got software that's kind of like the company wiki, so the Wikipedia where you could say, how does a discovery meeting work for a web project? And there's a whole template document of what you need to know, how you should run the session, what you should get out of it, the follow-up emails you can send about, and all those things that we just curated over time. Um, but I think it comes easier and quicker if you're able to productize your service by specializing in an area. And there's a, there's a book called stand out or die by Gareth Healy um, mm. about growing an agency and specializing and the importance of it. And I think that's really key is, as you said there with standardizing your approach, because you're solving the same problem a lot of the time, once you specialize and you're in an industry. So you can start to standardize your process and productize it and make it more streamlined and then solve it better and start to tweak and improve it rather than you know, this day I was working on an e-commerce shop for one business. And then this day I was doing a Google Ads campaign for a charity. You know, it's it's such different problems at different ends of the spectrum that you can't be expected to know each of them in depth enough all the time. And so once you start to specialize, you can do that. And then you can really summarize your processes better. And that's where we're getting to at the moment is is improving that a little bit further, making sure that if someone comes in, the goal is they can just pick up from where everyone left off. Hmm.
1: And have you got plans for people to come in? I mean, what what are the short-term plans that you've got for growth?
0: Yes, yeah, so at the moment we're recruiting <clears throat> for another PPC specialist, but more of a senior this time. So I want we'll someone sort of to come in and, and really sort of push us forwards on that. And, of course, it's cliche, but the, the goal is always higher, people that are much better than you. And I'm really Absolutely. pleased to say that I, I know probably the broadest amount about a bit because that's my job to be able to explain how it works, why it's great, why you should use it the trends, trend, et cetera. But I by no means know the most about any of our services in the company now because there's, there's people that are absolutely spot on with that and that's their full-time job and, and they can come and help contribute to that pitch process when we need them to put the strategy together. So finding those specialists in PPC um, and growing that at the moment is, is a big thing for us. We've just hired sales and marketing support internally um, Full time, which has been a real game changer, really upped our activity and allowed me to get out and about a bit more again. So, we'll hopefully scale that over time as well. But that's often the kind of smallest thing to grow, isn't it? Usually, it's the, mm. the operational side that expands quickest.
1: Yeah, it's it, it, it's it. I love the fact that you said hire people that are better than you. There's so many people in business that don't want to do that because they fear for themselves. They fear if we hire somebody better than us, all that's going to happen is they're going to learn our processes, learn our systems, learn who our clients are, then they're going to go away and set up in competition. So I don't want to hire people who are better than me. I want to hire people who are shit. <laughs> who I can say, you do that little job and that's all you're going to do. You're never going to be any better than that. That doesn't work at all. You have to hire people better than you. Because you, you mentioned before that I had the credibility for designing the game website. I did. And back then... All websites were shit, quite frankly. This this is like early 2000s. You know, 2000s are like 2003. It was like the dawn of the internet. Most websites were crap. The web designers we've got now, they're better than me. They're much better than me. And I've not designed a website for a couple of years. And quite frankly, I would be delighted if I never designed a website again. Because it's about yeah. people who are better than you. Um, there's, there's that famous quote that goes on from um, what you said about hiring people better than you. I think it was Richard Brunson what happens if you train people up and they leave? What happens if you don't train them and they stay?
0: Yes, yeah.
1: Great so, quote, that. Do, do you, and I suspect I know the answer to this, do you invest in your team in terms of get, getting them on trainings, getting them on improvements and, and going to shows and, and, and sort of seminars and, and, and whatnot?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Everybody has their own... Uh, personal training budget for the year that they can then pay for courses. Um, Beautiful. Like your engaged master course, £5 a month. For that. <laughs> um, there's a, there's plenty of, of of courses that you could sign up to. Obviously, we will sort of vet them a little bit and say, yeah, that one looks great, sounds really mm-hmm. good, because we've seen all the courses under the sun. And you know, people like yourself who have put together courses based on experience and what they've done, fantastic absolutely go for it then you have other courses that someone clearly doesn't know what they're doing so they can they can pay for those and and get signed up for them but the the other thing is everybody has a certain allotted amount of time they can book off for training days every month where they can say that this friday i'm going to spend all day learning about the latest updates to uh, shopify and the new headless integration they've released or whatever it might be so that we can then go back to clients and say This is how that works. We've already spent time learning it as it came out, and and everybody then reports that back to the team about what they've learned as well, so it's quite a bit more efficient that way as well. Um, But, yeah, I think that's so key.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is, because it's the worst thing for for businesses that hire somebody to do what we do in-house, because if you hire somebody in-house to do... I mean, I'm saying that. I was the in-house web designer for game, so yeah, okay. Um, but if you hire somebody in-house, you you don't know what they're learning. If you don't give them some sort of a career path, they are basically the, the whole universe for your digital marketing, the whole universe for your web design, the whole universe for your SEO. But if you use an agency, you've got a collective pool of people who are learning. And if that agency then is also... Advancing its skills by giving people a, a, a career path and giving them a an education plan so that they can spend time doing what, what you have just said It's so much more valuable to you as a business that you're using an agency that that does that because you're getting all the new stuff You're not just learning something once and then relying on the fact that it's never going to change Because do you know what it will regularly it will regularly change um, I mean, you're you're on the South Coast, aren't you? Are, do you go to Brighton SEO, which is not too far away from you?
0: Yeah, so we are going to this year. We haven't been before because oh, um, <clears throat> we've never we've never <laughs> been, but we will be there. Yeah, absolutely.
1: We'll be we'll be there as well. We'll be there as well.
0: Oh, great! Well, we'll bump yeah. into you then. I'm sure yeah, we will. Yeah.
1: I'm sure. Yeah, we're we're taking um, taking another two people down as well, so there's three of us going. Cool.
0: and and have you been before and? and- we have, Maybe yeah,
1: yeah. We, we went last year. Um, couldn't go to the second one because I was in Florida, I think. So I went cool. to the, the April one last year. We did the online version last year as well. Yeah. Nice. And yeah. The, 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 the talks on there, I think, are, are fabulous. Some of them are different levels. Some of them are absolute top level. The, I, I can't praise them enough, quite frankly. It's mm. stuff you've got to do. Because I, I, I used to go to one up in Manchester called SASCON, uh, unfortunately, they stopped Sascon a few years ago, but you'd get people, I, I remember one particular keynote in there, they had the guy that does the marketing for Budweiser, Budweiser UK, doing a talk on it, and it, I quote that one quite a lot, because it, it's about mm. how things change, because he was telling people how they'd spent millions growing their Facebook page following but facebook as as you know will have re- they've reduced the reach of facebook pages all the way down to something like 4% or sub 4% now so when you make a post your facebook followers they're not going to see it and this marketing manager for Budweiser said had we known facebook were going to do that we would never invested a penny in facebook we'd have built our own community on our own site on our own platform that we control and it's just one of those things that's made me realize um, or, or reinforce the realisation that you need to be in control of an online community that you're making you cannot rely on one platform because it will change if everything right. is based on one platform you're going to lose it and it's going to happen like that and it's frightening what, yeah. um, with, with that in mind what, 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 exa- what, what mistakes have you made over the years or what would you do differently if you had the chance to do it again
0: And that's a very good question Um, and I'm sure there's loads there will be loads I think one of the biggest mistakes which every agency falls into at the early stages I'm sure we all have you probably know what's coming is taking on everything that comes through the door and sort of saying yeah we can do that it's kind of similar yeah we can do that a bit we'll figure that out and there is a certain amount to be said for you know take it on and, and figure it out and learn it because that's how you will grow and progress but if it's not what you want to be doing, it's not in your skill set, it's not where you want the business to be in five years. Don't start taking on things that are not for you. Like for us, PR, for example, we don't do PR. We don't write mm. uh, press releases and try and find the best publications and build contact bases there. And it's not what we enjoy. It's not what we're good at. But in the early days, if you come to me and said, can you write me a news article and try and get out in the paper for 500 quid, we would have gone, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, we'll do our best. At yeah. Mm. And that's the way that you ruin a reputation and, we know agency life and agency world is so much about reputation because yeah. we're in this space where there is no barrier to entry. I can spin up a Squarespace site in five minutes, tell everyone I'm a PPC specialist and I'm a great agency that's huge and based in London. And, and there's no difference. You can't tell the difference between that and anyone else. And I could go and deliver some work and it'd be crap. And so, it's all about reputation and recommendations. And if you start to take on work that isn't for you and you do it badly and then you ruin your reputation, you won't be getting those referrals and it's going to your growth further down the line. You'll get a payday today. Sure. But it's, it's not for the long term. And I think we fell into that trap a couple of times trying to please people, trying to just pay the bills or pay ourselves. And, you know, in the early days when we were making 50 quid a month each to take home, it was kind of, well, you'll do what you can. And, um, that's an easy trap to fall into for sure, but we did. And I I know a lot of other agencies do as well, but it's it's certainly you know, worth worth noting.
1: Yeah. No, that's good advice. When someone comes to you with a, a request for something you don't necessarily do, always think, what would Jeff Goldblum say? Too busy <laughs> thinking too busy thinking about whether they could and didn't stop to think about whether they should. Jurassic Park.
0: Uh, nice, nice. Like that. You're good with the quotes. You know the movie I, quotes. I'm
1: film degree, film degree. What can I say? You know, you've got to know these things. You've got to know these things. <laughs> um, so, as, as a slight variation on the question, what advice would you give to someone else who was wanting to start an agency right now? What's the most important thing they should be doing?
0: Do you know that for me, and I know this sounds, it might sound cliche, but I always say to people, and there's probably people that are going to hear me say this again and go, oh, shut up with this thing. But, I'm a big believer in I think everybody has ideas they think are great all day, every day, or maybe it's once a month, depending on the person you are. But you'll have an idea. Oh, that'd be really cool. And then 90% of people will go, yeah, would be, yeah. And just get back to the day. And that must happen so, so much. So just by getting started and doing something, you've probably beaten 90% of people. So you're only against 10% now. And then you've got the other sort of half that are probably pretty shit anyway or don't really care enough. When it gets hard, they won't do it. Um, they don't want the responsibility at the end of, of the trying, so they're going to give up. So then you've really only got 5% that you're up again. So just get started and invest in it for, for a bit. Just, like, get going and try it because that is the such a big part. Once the ball's rolling, you know, it's not a case of, do I, don't I do this thing? It's kind of how do I do it? And then you're in, you're invested in it. It gets moving. I think you can let perfection be the enemy of, of great a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes just getting started and getting that ball rolling is really the key thing because there is no perfect organization. I was fortunate enough yesterday to meet with um, one of the C-suite at McCann, obviously one of the biggest agencies in ads in the world. And, you know, we're, we're discussing problems they're similar problems. They've just got more zeros on the end than we do <laughs> of the problems. And many, many more zeros on the end. But, you know, yeah. I think it's just a case of everyone's going to have issues and problems and there's going to be challenges. So don't try and get it perfect before you start. Just start. Mm. And that's really my my main advice anyway. That,
1: that, that was brilliant that you said that, actually. Yeah, there, there's too many people that just get analysis paralysis. That I'm going to think about this. I'm going to analyze it, and one day I'm going to do this. One day I'm I'm going to create this business. I'm going to start it. It's like, well, why isn't that day today? What, what What are you planning? What are you waiting for? What are you doing? Just get out right? there, get there and do it. One of one of my mentors, a guy called Rob Moore, um, who's written books on money and time leverage. His his catchphrase is "Start now, get perfect later."
0: I think that's brilliant. That's a it, great catchphrase. Right? Yeah. It is. It's, it's beautiful,
1: isn't it? Yeah. D- don't try to do it absolutely spot on now. Just just do it. Just do it because you can change it afterwards. And we, we get that with some clients as well that when we're building websites for them, that they will want to do maybe their own photography in the office or they'll want to perfect a product or a service before they start the website. And the website could be on hold for like nine months, 12 months while they dither. It's like just... Let us put the thing live so you can get some exposure, you can get some business. What you're doing, you're just delaying your own growth. Stop pissing about. Mm. And and it is infuriating because you know it's how you've seen it before. Why are they doing it? Right, big future question now, um, and you might not be able to answer. What are your plans with the business for, say, the next five or the next ten years?
0: Yeah, so our our long-term plans are, one, to specialize further and to find some really key areas that we know we really sit perfectly in. And we know that, for example, um, personal insurance is a really great one for us, and we absolutely smash it in that space because it's so attributable. So if you're selling car insurance or home insurance or whatever, Mm. it's so attributable. We know that we smash that with our PPC and our ads and our websites and landing pages so that's the place that we want to expand it because there's a lot of opportunity there. Longer term and my, my goal is to grow a group of specialists as well so let's say you're a, you smash out your, your PPC for insurance just get a brand agency who does that specifically for insurance or for whoever. Um, just start to grow the group out that way that's what I want to do. Um,
1: and so is that, is, that, is that growth through uh, acquisition of other agencies? Yes. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. And have you done anything on that at the moment? Are you are you following anybody in that space?
0: We have, yeah. We can't, I suppose, with NDAs and, and things like yeah, that, okay. we can't go too far into it. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, we have. There's a few different conversations. Some that we've got kind of very close to agreements, but actually mm. it's not for us, and others where we've looked at it and you know, had a, things come across our desk at agencies. There are potentials that, that just weren't the right fit, but there's some really interesting stuff going on bubbling away so Excellent. we'll see how it goes
1: is, is this something you're working out yourself or do you have somebody are you, are you getting some sort of mentorship on this or are you you getting some sort of help with it as well
0: Yeah a little bit it's we're very very fortunate in that we managed to get some really great mentors early on and I think as you said with, with the advice piece get some great mentors early on don't mm. don't find 20 of them and get so much advice you can never decide <laughs> anything but mm. find a mentor or two that you can trust and, and they're kind of helping us out and one of them is, uh, is massive in the M and A space of, of businesses in general. Runs a, a COO of a big investment company with a lot of companies under them. And then we also have M and A specialists in the agency world as well who are helping us. So Excellent. that's obviously really handy to yeah. structure the deals and find the acquisition targets. So yeah, yeah, we're we're quite fortunate mm. with that support as well.
1: It is interesting for M um, and A in the digital agency area because obviously there's not a lot of assets which means you can't necessarily do an asset purchase. It tends to be a share purchase. Um, something we're looking at as well, you see. So it's, it's quite interesting that you're you're, you're doing that. Um, okay, I, th- I think we're, 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 we're getting off into specifics here that we yeah. don't want to talk about. And obviously, you, you're you looking at businesses. You've got NDAs. We can't go into that. So we need to wrap up now anyway. Um, so if somebody wants to get into, into contact with you, whether that's to work with you or to just chat the shit with you, what's the best yeah. way for someone to, to follow you and to get in touch?
0: Best place to go would be probably my LinkedIn. So if you just search for Carl Hewitt, I'm the one with the green background on a green screen. Um, <laughs> and we're doing headshots, so I should should stand out a bit in the search results. <laughs> or just drop me an email, carl at hewittmatthews.co.uk. And um, yeah, it would be absolutely delighted to catch up with anyone who wants to chat.
1: Particularly anybody that might want to sell an agency.
0: And very much anybody that would very like to Very <laughs> much anybody who wants to sell an agency. let <laughs> we know. So uh, yeah, absolutely.
1: All right, fantastic! Thank you very much for chatting to you, Carl. It's it's been a it's been a real pleasure. It, it's rare to meet somebody who's started a business so young and made such a success out of it. Um, I've enjoyed every second. Thank you.
0: I appreciate that, there. Thanks so much for having me. It's honestly, it's been yeah really great to chat with you. Awesome, thanks.